follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad, here with Matt and Brad. Thank you all very much for joining us. Today is March 31st, 2020, the day of Ron Swanson's 91 appointments. Gentlemen, how are you doing? (laughs) That's a good callback. Thank you. I I stole it from someone. I'm doing well as well. Not looking forward to everyone's uncreative um, April Fool's jokes tomorrow, though. Uh, there should be a moratorium on those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, none of that's we're, funny right now. I, literally, like eighty percent of the country is in uh, is in, uh, under some sort of quarantine order. So, um, but spare, New York spare the City, jokes. based on the pictures I saw yesterday. Oh yeah, people can just um, apparently just go everywhere, like uh, elbow to elbow. They might be just based on like the behavior. Might be the dumbest city in the world. They're they're really trying, really hard. I mean, the it was the photos I saw. I think it's the same ones you probably saw. It's because the the hospital ship came in, the USS yeah. Comfort. I think that's what yeah. it's called. Yeah. And it's just idiots, just like literally crowding each. I'm not I'm not joking. It's like shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Just crowding around each other, like gawking at it. And it's like, what what are you guys doing? Like, first off, your city is like the most infested city. With coronavirus they in have the like entire half country, the national death too. <clears throat> I think they've got I, half the national infections right now. That, that's something true. Like that, the statistic is something to that effect. Like forty, fifty percent of all infections in the United States are in New York City. And I think they're, they're like twenty-five percent are in Louisiana. Yeah, it, it like it's brilliant just in like the New York City metro area because the rest of the state is like relatively fine. As fine so, as anywhere he is right now. Yeah, so it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, what, in the words, uh, in the words of my governor, you can't be doing that. They, um, they, um, they just, they're like, I'm not gonna get political because this really isn't partisan. But Bill De Blasio is a fucking clown, and he's proven what a clown <laughs> he is by his handling of this. Well, I think that's a bipartisan issue because the <laughs> well, Democratic. I'm pretty Democratic sure Governor would... Andrew Cuomo, yeah, <clears throat> I think he would like throw him out, throw him out, off a tall building, a tall New York building, if he could. Well, yeah, because he, he, I mean, he, I think he has done a really good job with this, but, but what can you do when like the mayor of New York City drops the ball? You pretty much lost the, you pretty much lost the game before it even started because Cuomo is out there every day giving like press conferences, trying to like do the uh, the best that he can. And there's literally, like, tweets and, and statements from Bill de Blasio from literally, like, two, three weeks ago. Not even, like, like January when people weren't – and no one was really kind of taking this seriously. 
for like two three weeks ago where it's like oh yeah like we, new york's like our what we do is like go out and go out to dinner go to the restaurants and it's like oh god oh what are you doing what are you doing yeah and he was at a gym not not following the guidelines like way late mm-hmm. like way late it, and now just... his brother's got it so well, we were gonna tr- we're we're gonna try and provide a distraction from all of this. Our yes. frustration boils over sometimes, so. So we have uh, a special episode for you this week. It is all about Prince Harry and Meghan. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm out. I'm done. That's it. Uh, I'm out. I'll see you guys next week. Whew. What is it? What are we really doing, Brad? Brad came up with he he came up with this mad science thing. He's like, I know what we're gonna do next podcast. I'm like, okay, what are we gonna do? So uh, we're calling this Haas Fight Club. So what the what the general concept of this is is sixteen Hosses are entering. I have paired them off in a tournament setup, and we're gonna go through these brackets and we are going to pick the Hossest of all Hosses. <laughs> Hossiest hoss whoever hossed a hoss, huh? Yep. So, so, this, so this is a very um, this is a very Jim Ross, beloved uh, <laughs> yes. uh, tournament we're gonna do here. My God. Yes. Um. So, I I tried to keep. I didn't really have a um, I didn't really have like a criteria for who I picked. I I I did leave out I did leave out Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan because if I put them in, like either one of them would have won. I think just based on the merit of their career. So I avoided them. So I tended to stay, I kind of stayed in the eighties and nineties, a little into the, the two thousands. Um, but I feel like I kept it pretty, pretty good on it. So I'll go through the list of guys I have. Well, I'll just go through the first round matchups right now. So we have Brock Lesnar versus Kane. Dr. Death Steve Williams versus Bam Bam Terry Gordy. Barry Windham versus Bruiser Brody. One Man Gang versus Stan Hansen. Vader versus Yokozuna. Undertaker versus King Kong Bundy. Big Bubba Rogers versus John Tenta. And A Train slash Albert slash Giant Bernard versus Dusty Rhodes. So it sounds like. And you correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like that we are drawing a line between Haas and Giant. Like, Giant's their own category. Would that be correct? Yeah, I, I kind of shied away from some of those. And, um, like, I thought about putting Giant Baba odd here. But, I mean, he wouldn't really be a Giant in the the sense. I didn't I didn't actually think about Big Show, but I would have I shied away from him anyway because he's a real can of worms. So I kind of, I think I kind of went with the big guy, but not giant. Okay, that, that's that's kind of what I, kind of the impression that I got. But I just wanted to, just wanted to ask to to make sure. So hosses, not giants. Giants are a separate category. Yes. All right. There's a like I was trying to keep up with the entire list there, and I know I got left behind on some of them because I was going to try and start getting my wheels turning a little bit early. Now, the but, only uh, one I think someone listening might have a little bone to pick with is Barry Windham, but Barry Windham is like 6'7 and probably 280, so he is a hoss, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I'll call that a hoss. 
like I miss Haas status by a fair bit for my active career. Except if you look at the indies, I'd qualify as like an indie Haas, if that makes sense. Mini Haas? <laughs> Not Charlie. <coughs> but... <laughs> you're like but you're like me. one of those. You're like you'd be like the Haas version of those like mini cows people keep as pets. Well, there's a um, there was a term that a friend of mine uh, used for me at one point. He said, "No, no, no," because someone was telling me, "He's like, dude, you need to go out there and start choke slamming people." And I was like, "Bro, I'm six three. There's no way out." And he goes, "No, no, no. You're indie tall. It will be fine. Trust me." I should have started listening on that topic earlier because it it worked great, but that's beside the point. Yeah, how many guys would you have ever wrestled that were bigger than you? Not many. Like Larry D is probably Larry D shorter than me. He's bigger though. I mean, he's 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 wider. Yeah, his shoulders are wider than mine. You could probably choke slam him though. I bet that guy's got some ups. Uh, Larry D's just a professional. He 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 would have gone with it. So that that wouldn't have been a thing. You could have um, done like the hurricane thing. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. Who did he actually choke slam? Was it the Rock that he actually got the choke slam on? You know, I believe it was the Rock. Rock put him over pretty strong. I watched and a then... clip of their thing, and and Rock really really let him get some zingers, and like the the I saw the Rocks got a little dingling. And uh, him selling it. My favorite part of that whole story is the fact that, like, because this was in the phase when they were starting to, um, starting to, uh, like, record and produce everything and that sort of stuff. And they're, they're there doing this to record it, and The Rock keeps flubbing his lines. And Hurricane's like, what the hell is he doing? Like, obviously, he's not going to say anything. But finally, The Rock is standing there doing this, and he keeps flowing his lines, and he looks over at Hurricane and winks at him. He goes, in that moment, I understood what he was doing. He was um, flubbing his lines intentionally so he could do what he really wanted to do by doing it live. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, God, that's, 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 that's a good brother right there. That's, that's the kind of stuff that I wish that you'd hear more stories about, you know? Is is that guy who who very intentionally makes sure that he goes? You know what? I'm going to make sure that um, whoever it is that's that I'm going to be working with uh, is is going to you know come out of this looking looking better than anyone thought they did. Yeah, when that was going on, that was like the only entertaining thing on that on the t- on Raw at that time. He was incredibly entertaining, though. The Rock was amazing. Yeah. All right. Hosses. Okay, so our first matchup to go over. So what we're going to do is we're just going to go. We're going to do a little back and forth on their merits. Each of us will pick who we think is better, and then we will base the winner on that. So our first our first matchup is Brock Lesnar versus Kane. Oh, okay. This is difficult. I've Monster met Kane. <laughs> That's really good, man. That's Mayor Monster. Thank you very much. You know what's funny is I I saw like this is completely divorced from wrestling. Although it was obviously wrestling related. Uh, I was looking on on Twitter just 
perusing comments that people were sharing about ironically like coronavirus and it was a completely non-wrestling it was like a, a news related account but they were sharing uh information about from uh, a mayor a, a small town mayor um talking about how the economic effect of the coronavirus impact will affect people and that there might be a, an increase in suicides uh, and we need to work to prevent that sort of thing from happening and this, this so it was this whole little speech and this woman this like reporter was sharing it and it was <laughs> it was the mayor of uh, where is he from? Knoxville. Knoxville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it not really Kane. a small town, but it's okay. like a mid. It's like a mid size. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Lynn Jacobs it was like him giving the speech, and he was being pushed around. Like, oh, look at this guy talking about like the economic impact of how this could affect everyone. I just got it like a. It was a dark subject, but I got a chuckle because I'm like, that's Kane. It's, it's Kane. Kane's talking like about a serious <laughs> subject and getting props from. A very non-wrestling source, so yeah, you he know, seems speak- to be a pretty, a really sharp guy. Speaking no, of he, Kane, yeah. I thought it was funny when I sent you guys that picture of Ben Kissel from last podcast on the left, standing next to him. And you guys were like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. yeah. Well, I've met, I've met Kane. I've met Glenn Jacobs. I have a picture standing next to him, and like I said, I'm six three, and he makes me look like his his like teenage son who hasn't grown in yet. Have I, have I sent that to you guys? Have you seen it? I think so. Uh, I don't think so, actually. Hang on. Uh, I'll drop it in the chat here in just a second. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, he is he is a big, big dude. There is no question that... Uh... Oh, boy. Let me I, s- I think... No. Um... I think he has a unique Kane has a unique career in that he worked in the WWE for a ridiculously long time, which a lot of people haven't been able to do. That's true. You got a, a lot of longevity in a place and time where um, you wouldn't expect it. And I would say people really didn't get sick of him until he was the authority Kane. That's kind of mm-hmm. like when people finally got tired of him, but that was after a solid 15 years, so I would say that's a good run. All right. So I was exaggerating the difference. It's what it felt like standing next to him, but uh, I just dropped it in our group chat. Um, so, you know, we got that going. But, uh, you know... You, like you said, he he's been he worked in the E for a long time. He worked for Vince for a long time. Before that, he was in Smoky Mountain and um, in Memphis, wasn't he? Smoky Mountain. I don't know. Yeah, Memphis because he was the Christmas creature, I think. Right. And he worked in Puerto Rico because I think he was like Doomsday or something there. Okay. Uh, and but then on the other hand, it's Brock Lesnar. And uh, you, you can't, if you're going to say the name right, you can't say it without, like, trying to tear your throat. My off. client. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. I'm sorry, I messed that up. And Brock has had just an undeniable impact on the uh, on the business as a whole. I mean, it's 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 big. 
Hmm. This is yeah. actually tougher than Parson. I think because. Yeah. I mean, Kane has basically hung around there, and now he's like you know semi-retired. He's he's older. He's slower. But he hung around there and was still working at a pretty high level mm-hmm. for for a long time. I mean, he's been with. If you really want to think, he's been with the WWE how long? Almost uh, 25 uh, years. Bad, bad Blood 97, yeah. Oh, no, longer than that. I mean, as Kane. Oh, well, but he, he, oh, he's oh, Isaac oh, that's Yankum, true. 95. Was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so he, okay, Summer 25 Slam, years. SummerSlam 95, I think, was his like debut. Mm. Hang on. I'm going to go off the reservation for a second, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask an outsider real quick. I'm going to ask my wife, hey, honey. Who do you think the better big man has been, Brock Lesnar or Kane? Not giant, but Haas, big dude. She's having the exact same expression on her face that I had on mine. Lesnar, probably. She's going with Lesnar. Um, so, so I'm going to give my logic here. So I would pick Lesnar. Mostly, well, there's a couple reasons I'd pick Lesnar. Um. When he debuted, he had a lot of potential, and it's very strange to see someone actually fulfill their potential. Mm-hmm. I think he he is a bigger mainstream name than Kane is. I would I would actually give him credit for his UFC run, which he drew a lot of money for them. Yeah, and um, I think I think he's overstayed his welcome a little bit here, but I think he's also when he's on his game, he is elite level talent wise mm-hmm. whereas I think Kane's just like a consistently above average guy that has some bouts of greatness in him yeah Kane I would I would pick Lesnar over Kane that said well I would pick him over that just because overall I think he's been a bigger star and I think when you actually do compare his work uh, even though he's kind of like fallen into like a pattern uh, but why not? Because like he he's not asked to like do more than the pattern, really. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um. I think overall, like he he's like the better worker, and has had has or has the potential for better big matches. That said, Kane has been way better than arguably like he he should have. I mean he he's been in some like legit good matches, and when. When he was when he first like dropped the mask and was like the the bald like monster cane, to me that was probably actually his best run. And he he was like red hot for a while until they like screwed it up with like the Shane feud. But yeah, he was very believable as like a monster. He had uh, he had some interesting matches with Undertaker. Obviously, their careers were intertwined. I think he's been like really versatile. They, they, there are times like they plugged him into, you know, tag teams and he made it work. Even like the tag team he had like with, with Daniel Bryan, like it, he made it work. He's even a tag team he had with X-Pac. Yeah. Well, with hurricane too. Yeah. Yeah, With hurricane, right? Yeah. 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 That's um, a freaks are cool angle. I, um, I love the, the team hell no stuff. Like when they were going to anger management together, and um, I thought his stuff with X-Pac was excellent. They were probably the best act, like, entering-wise for 1999 for WWE. Mm. I also will say, in Kane's credit, I'm still picking Brock, 
but there are a few people that have survived as much just terrible like career killing booking that Kane has gone through and come out of it okay yeah that's what's giving me pause is I'm sitting here and I'm thinking okay well I have to I have to consider Kane's just rock solid stability for such a long period of time all of the stuff that Kane has been through and all the stuff he's done Brock has been I mean to be fair Brock has been a standout but he's had these periods of we might call it difficulty um you know just suddenly leaving to go be on the 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 Vikings practice squad and then uh, I don't know seeming like he's being kind of flaky probably an angle though but what the way I have to break it down is I have to compare the two things. Like you said, I have to, you know, Kane survived some stuff that would have killed the career of a lot of people. So I have to compare the low lows for Brock. What's the the low is the um, I'm going to struggle his match with Goldberg at Mania that year. Yeah, that um, his Undertaker stuff where Undertaker kind of screwed him. Yeah, well. And I, I can't even really put that on on Brock. That's not his no. fault. That's that was Taker being selfish. So his match with Goldberg, where nobody cared, everyone spent the whole match waiting for them to do basically three moves and then see Austin do a bunch of stunners. Versus Katie Vick, and he kind of and Lesnar kind of avenged the Goldberg thing. That's true. Later. That's true. Versus what have their highs been? And you were talking about the the psycho bald cane as his high versus Lesnar. Okay, it seems like Lesnar understands something a lot of people don't is that as the big hoss, it works better if he's got a, a little guy to play off of. And mm-hmm. he, it, like, think back to when we watched him have matches with Daniel Bryan and Finn Balor. Basically, anybody smaller than Roman and AJ, and how you know how good those matches were, and how interested he seemed to be working those. There's a lot of little things yeah. Lesnar does that are brilliant, like when they did the Joe feud, like when Joe came out that one time, and like Lesnar took that step back. Yeah, and like. I'm I'm saying that I think that um and even even I know we laughed about it but even during the Royal Rumble when Keith Lee comes out he's like, "Oh, big boy." Big boy, yeah. I think that Lesnar's Lesnar has had more and better highs than uh Kane has. So I ha- I have to give it to Brock for the same reason. The thing that makes it so difficult is how good Kane was for so long. I'm I'm taking a long way of agreeing with you guys, but I wanted to articulate my point. Okay, so we will move we'll move Lesnar on to the yeah. quarterfinals. <laughs> so up next, we have the Battle of Triple Crown Champions, Doctor Death Steve Williams versus Bam Bam Terry Gordy. And tag team partners because they were the Miracle Violence Club connection. Mm-hmm. That's one of those team names. I'm not sure if I love it or I can't stand it. <laughs> 
so I will start us off here. I'm gonna take this is a, this is actually one of the hardest ones on here for me because Terry Gordy and his heyday is just an outstanding worker, and I feel like Doctor Death took a little time to really kind of um, come into his own. But there's some stuff in like '90s All Japan with Steve Williams that's just great. So I think this is a really tough one. I think I'm gonna go with Doctor Death though. But it's just by the smallest of margins. Matt, I'm going to let you go ahead and go first, if you'd like. So, I would agree with that. So, people... People, I th- I mean, I'm not even remotely a Terry Gordy expert at all. But people who have maybe only seen just, like, his Freebird stuff from, like, World Class or from the 80s... Or like three stroke <clears throat> stuff in the nineties when like they might have started watching. Yeah. Like he was stroke, sorry. Yeah. Um like the Freebird stuff was good, but like you don't realize how really just great he got once he was started regularly working in Japan and with all Japan. Um he got really good and he he had some tremendous matches. So you're right, like he, he became a really great worker. That said, if we're talking about Haas's, I think Steve Williams is like like almost like a quintessential type of Haas. Yeah, he was just I was un- say. ungodly strong, like just built like a brick. Um, he he obviously had like the legit sports background, but he just conveyed like a dude who, like a roughneck dude who could just like just absolutely deadlift you and crush you if you wanted to. Like even if he tried to sandbag him, he was so damn strong. He's like, whatever. I could, he could he could have probably just like you know straight up deadlifted you, thrown you around. Uh, I'm shocked that a bigger wrestler hasn't tried to jack like the uh, like that. What was it called? The Oklahoma Roll or Oklahoma Stampede? Oklahoma Stampede. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That was Bill Watts' move, wasn't it? It might have been. I'm like shocked that someone hasn't tried to like just steal that and been use that as their finisher because I mean you got to be like a big dude for it to be like to actually look look legit but um because maybe it was just because he did it like he was just it looked devastating like you could believe like you're you're going to be down for the count after this like gorilla just like <laughs> runs just and slams you down you, yeah yeah, yeah. So I would pick Dr. Death. I think Dr. Death um was really fantastic. Had he had some really great matches in uh, in all Japan. Um, unfortunately, didn't really do as much uh, stateside. Yeah, uh, his career was mostly just like in Japan. Like that was where you really his, had. Ray he Ryan. had Mid South UWF, and there was that. That that is true. He and, like, had the, the with that 89, 88-89 run in WCW as the Varsity Club, and then afterwards, yeah. and then it kind of. Then yeah, that's had... underrated. We've talked about that before. Varsity Club is actually like a weird it's a weird stable that's kind of underrated given like the the, the talent level involved. Yeah. And then he had those weird like mini run like he had that WWF run where they kind of screwed him up and then he kind of mm-hmm. popped up in WCW for a couple minutes, but then he was gone back to Japan, like yeah, he oh, really didn't do God. much here in the nineties. and 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 the brawl for all. because they they debuted him on that and then when bart gunn knocked him out he like tore his knee up really bad yeah so it looked like bart gunn just just knocked him off of tv for six months yeah 
And then they did it. They did that thing. Remember, he did that like house brawl with Hardcore Holly, and then he was just kind of gone. Um, I remember. Oh no, he was standing with Jr. When remember yeah, when Jr. I, was evil and had his own like announce table, and he'd sit in front of Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah, Doctor. Right. That sitting with him. Yeah, he was there with that. Um, I'm in this place where, like I said, I'm not the biggest Terry Gordy expert either, but. It's a God. It's just so hard to compete with Steve Williams on this. Um, I think what you have to take into consideration too with um, Terry Gordy is if you watch that world class stuff, realize he's like twenty one or twenty two years old, and realize how good he is and how insane that is. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just God, you're right. It's you know, Doctor Death is like. It's like if you want to, if, if if you're gonna invoke evoke a, a generic Haas, you're gonna evoke Doctor Death. He's golly, yeah. That's uh, I've got to agree with you on that. I can't I can't argue the point. It's like I, I I wanted to for the sake of discussion, but I can't. I'm just I'm that's I, I'm agreeing with you. Okay, so. We have Steve Williams moving on to the quarterfinals. So up next, um, we have this one I think is going to be easier for me. Barry Windham versus Bruiser Brody. So does anyone want to start us off on this one? I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about my words on this. <clears throat> I'll go then. Okay. okay. Um, Bruce well, okay, so Barry Windham, I would classify him as a Haas. Uh, he, we've mentioned him before as a guy who I think in in ways is underrated. He's not underrated in the sense that obviously we're, if you're really a, a fan of, of pro wrestling, then you probably appreciate Barry Windham from like late 80s, early 90s, like WCW, NWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crockett promotions like <clears throat> he had some really great matches he had some really classic feuds you know was part of the horseman for a time uh, had a great tag team with a lot of different people uh, just great worker like really underrated worker because there was a time especially in like the late 80s when he was legit like certainly like top five workers like on the planet like just absolutely tremendous mm-hmm. and unfortunately had kind of had like some personal demons but really more like he just his family was crazy, and he kind of just. <laughs> well, he they got kinda, he got uh-huh. hampered by. Remember, they put that um, when he was having those knee problems. He had they did that like that that they did like that dead person's ligament to try and replace his, and it like got all like necrotic and oh, like screwed it? up on. Oh, it. oh really? Got like a cadaver? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, but even even so, came back in like late nineties and. Was... Really good tag team with Kurt Henning. Um, yep. West Texas Rednecks. Yes. <laughs> Hit single. That's that's true. <laughs> uh, that's actually night nice. for those. We've talked about this before too. Like that actually is legit. Like that's true. Yeah. The rap is crap song got play on some country music stations. Uh, all this build up for uh, for Barry Wyndham. Uh, that said. I would have him lose to Bruiser Brody because Bruiser Brody was if like honestly like I we're gonna see where he gets paired up here in this tournament. 
I could see Bruiser Brody for me going all the way because Bruiser Brody was just he almost like set a template that people have tried to emulate. They haven't really been able to successfully emulate Bruiser Brody because he was so unique. I would say the closest person that's ever come to being a modern day Bruiser Brody is Necro Butcher. A little bit, but he he didn't really have like the size and no, like, but he the had intimidation. The he had the yeah. mystique though for a while. Yeah, mm. Bruiser Brody, uh, Frank Goodish, real name, um, was just like I mean he was tremendous, like huge, like six foot eight, uh, three hundred pounds, uh, just monstrous human being like he his best stuff was basically in japan where he would go and he would just like terrorize people uh he had some good stuff in 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 the united states too i mean he floated everywhere like he because he was so kind of a creature of the territory system like i don't think i don't think he's someone who could have really survived long in like the wwf or no wcw nwa plus he was kind of like a unique personality but he was just like uh, amazing like he had incredible charisma he just exuded like a wild and crazy dude but because of his size and because he did have also another legit sports background like he, you didn't want to mess with him he was obviously wrestling is is not real but that you're supposed to buy into you're supposed to suspend disbelief when you have a guy like Bruiser Brody like it was completely <laughs> easy to to suspend disbelief to think that this guy could absolutely murder you because in real right. life he probably could have. It's it's those old things if you watch like old footage and you see like a an arena brawl with him and like Abdullah the Butcher, people are just like fleeing from them in terror. Yeah, yeah, because these these two crazy men are maiming each other, and I don't want to get caught in the crossfire. I also think, like I said, I think as far as like Mystique goes, he's really. He's really got it. I've seen him have a really good technical match with Nick Bockwinkle. Hmm. If you can find that. There's that there's that Ric Flair match that's really good too. From from St. Louis TV. Um now, I'm gonna the only thing I'm gonna disagree with here with Matt is I would actually pick Barry Wyndham because I think Barry Wyndham at his top is actually an elite level worker. And there's arguments, I think, like in 87, that he might have actually been the best worker in the world. Mm-hmm. I am not going to say you're wrong about that, Brad, but I cannot, uh, I can't give him the nod. I, God, this is going to be boring. We keep agreeing with each other. Because um, I was sitting here trying to articulate into words how I was going to why I was wanting to go with Brody, and then and then Matt's just like, here, let me do that for you. Um, the other, the only thing that I could bring up that I would say really, really cinches this that's different is okay. When I think Hoss, it's not just size. It's like there's a, um, you know, we like to use the term roughneck. There's a certain stylistic aspect to it there's a certain measure of physicality that's kind of a marker in my head of what i think of as a hoss and that's got brody painted all over it is just the um just the 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 physicality and the you know the um 
the word I think the word I'm looking for is the uh, the like barely leashed presence of potential violence in the seeing threat your, of danger. Yeah, the, he's the, kind the, of like a caged animal. You see, Brody. Like, okay, back in the day, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but back in the day, there was a guy on YouTube who his channel was called Suicidal Dragon. And he would do move compilation videos. And I was always curious. You know, I'd go look it up because, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not, maybe I'm not familiar with Bruiser Brody. And, you know, top, top ten moves of Bruiser Brody. Here's the thing. Most of the stuff that Brody had was basic. Like, one of the things on this list was stomp. Except in seeing Brody do all of this stuff, there's just something to it. There's just just that little bit of English on the ball that makes even Brody just doing a, a regular standing stomp on someone different. You know, it's it's if you were to slim a gorilla down and then slap it in the face and tell him, you know, he did it, that's that's kind of where my head lies on it. And then you've you get to, to to see Brody just be this utter wild man at people. And yeah, Wyndham is excellent. There's there's no question about that. There's no arguing that. It's absolutely true. But even if that's the case, I just don't think that he is if if we're we're measuring hosses here. I don't think that he is as much a hoss as Brody is. Okay, so we're going to move Bruiser Brody on as a two-to-one vote on that one. Again, that's a long way for me to go to to agree, but... No, it's fine. I appreciate it. I like that... I, I just realized this. Like, I like that there's three of us because there won't be, like, a tiebreaker here. Yeah, there won't yeah. be a draw. <laughs> yeah, they, they, there's... Yeah, that's right. I had it backwards. Um, there is going to be a winner. Like, we either we'll all agree, or two out of three will agree. So yeah, or we're all going to be like, I can't pick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so up next to finish off this side of the bracket, we have one man gang versus Stan Hansen. Hansen. I was gonna. No, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Hansen and agree with you because it's no question. But I also think. I also think One Man Gang is criminally underrated because people have only seen his WWF work and not like his Mid South UWF stuff. That, that's fair. That, that's that's entirely fair. And um, One Man Gang deserves more credit than that. But I, if we're gonna have a, a hoss off, then like like Stan Hansen is the patron saint of ho- Stan Hansen. Hoss down on Andre, and Andre back down from it, right? Like, that's... <laughs> that, that's... That, I, I, I can't... It's, Hans it's, is just like a, like a, a walking tornado. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's flipping Stan Hansen. Yeah, it's Stan Hansen. Yeah, Stan Hansen. I mean, that's all... I, he, <laughs> okay. it, you, a tornado is a good way to put it, because if you actually do think about it, the man is... The man at his peak was almost like a force of nature. Like he, I, I love one of the things I, I've loved about this podcast 
is the different kind of th- things we we've seen and been exposed to. And I will be eternally grateful for watching that Stan Hansen under the giant match because right. it was so good. And it was such a revelation because I mean, I knew Hansen was good and I've loved like several of his matches, but I never seen him just be like just a world-class like ass beater as he was in that match against uh, Andre the Giant who, you know, was just presented as like the the biggest of the big, just a monster. Right. So and, yeah, like Stan Hansen, like this this type of tournament it was made for him. Like he he was amazing. You know what I love about that match and really <clears throat> sells the point you're making about him just being the ultimate shit kicker is that Andre was like Nope, like, I'm going to work this guy on the mat because yeah. I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to work this arm so he don't hit me with it. Absolutely. It's, oh, man. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm grateful to have seen that, too, for the same reason. It's just the storytelling in that, without ever really even having to say anything, is just off the charts. Like you said, the, this whole thing happens, and Andre's first response is, uh, nope. Taking that arm. I love showing that match to people because that match just melts people's brains. If they have like a preconceived notion of Andre the Giant. I I think you laughed at me whenever I spazzed out over Andre, like working Hanson's arm for that story. (laughs) But you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely. And uh, Tornado's a good one. I, in my head, I think I have Hanson labeled as a freight train. Oh, I got a great one. He's the Tasmanian devil of wrestling. Man, did Taz ever do that much damage? I mean, he went through that rock that one time. <laughs> Hanson would have done that just on his way to the ring. <laughs> you couldn't just see him spinning down to the ring as a little tornado? No, that's why I think of him as a freight train. He just barrels at you and he doesn't he doesn't back you know, he doesn't stop for anything. He just keeps coming and coming. And then there's the the stories about, um, oh, who was it? It was, uh, it was um, in Memphis, uh, Lawler booked himself to work against Ventura and made Austin Idol, who didn't like to get hit hard, work against Stan Hansen. And you could see Idol walk to the ring and just shudder on the way there because he's like, I don't want to do this. Okay, so we're going to move Stan Hansen on in um, a sweep there. So up next, we got a couple of big ones here. Um, I think this is going to be another quick one, though. Vader versus Yokozuna. Uh, I've got a Vader. I got to go Vader, I'll say it. It's Vader. Vader. Vader had tremendous matches with a lot of different type of people. That said, I think Yoko kind of is a little bit underrated. I think so, too. I cause we, we watched Raw last week, and I was talking about him a little bit. And, you know, even in that squash with Coco, like, his leg drop, he was getting some air on that. Like, I really like some of the stuff he did with Duggan, like, right after that. He just um he just couldn't get his weight under control and really lost his mobility, but there's stuff of his I've enjoyed. Yeah, that was the problem. Like when he got even bigger than he was, like he and he lost a lot of mobility, like then I think people that's that's 
almost what most people mostly remember about him is when he kind of couldn't move about. Um, but when he was slimmer and more mobile, mobile, um, he he was a lot better than you kind of remember him being. Like he was pretty believable as like just a monster. <clears throat> it it feels like that he um, and this because like at the beginning we we clarified the difference between Hoss and Giant. It feels like Yoko almost fits into yet another category of the like. There's a subset that kind of rests between Hoss and Monster Hoss and Giant of the the monster. So you know because uh, I know we got people we'll we'll get to that are the. Yeah, I the same kind of thing. I should have probably, if I, because I, 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 I had forgotten a couple people. If if I did it do over again, I would probably remove him in favor of Bam Bam Bigelow, because I think Bam yeah. Bam's a little more of a hoss, and and Yoko's kind of a weird hybrid. I don't know what he is, so <laughs> yeah, he could, I, like he could be a hoss, but I also think there's a legitimate argument that he's not a hoss, and he's more of like a monster side attraction type of guy yeah uh, that's that's kind of where i i think that that yoko lies so that the in my head the idea now it's funny because vader was was pushed as a monster more but the other funny thing is god i'm i'm the same height vader as vader was vader also i love his the the mastodon helmet he has in japan yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, are you in agreement on Vader? I agree. Yes. <clears throat> I say I say we move on because we will discuss him more later, probably for his next round matchup. Okay. So up next we have Undertaker versus King Kong Bundy, which was actually a Mania match at one point. Ooh, man! Now, I think King Kong Bundy is also a guy that people probably have just seen as WWE. F stuff and kind of underrate him and haven't seen him in like world class and stuff where he's still got like that mobility and everything. Yeah. I know Matt saw it because this was a podcast pre Four Corners, but his match with Harley Race in world class was really good. Mm-hmm. It was. <laughs> yeah, his earlier stuff when he was like really young um, it was actually pretty good. And then he went, obviously, he went to the WWF at the time. And yeah. that's what most people probably remember of him. Uh, I'll actually say, like, once he left the WWF, like, he didn't really... I mean, he went to kind of retirement. Like, he didn't really do much. And he came back briefly. Uh, I think the problem with him is that his he did have some good work, but the body of his work was kind of more limited. Yeah. Uh, and against Taker, I mean, Taker literally... I, he Taker, I'm sorry, has like no business working matches now. Yeah, that's but, true. But Taker like has had a long and very storied career and has had really great matches at Mania with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> but I, I do want to say one of my favorite promos of all time is from World Class, and it's it's Bill Mercer in this back alley with King Kong Bundy, and he's cutting this promo while he's eating fried chicken through the hole promo <laughs> and it's amazing okay 
I, I, I would need to, I, okay, I want to see this promo at some point. It's in, like, it's around the, the October, November of, like, that first year they have of, of, um, World Class. I'll figure out the date and tell you, because it is great. Okay. This is weird, because this is gonna butt up against my, um, the thing I, I was kind of talking about with, uh, kind of with Yoko is Taker is like it seemed like for a lot of his career he was pushed as a giant instead of a hoss and what I think Taker's shoot height was 6'10 so he wasn't ever a a 7 footer but ah gosh okay I gotta let some wheels, let some gears grind on this one for a minute. I guess it just in in comparing Taker and Bundy, you just it, the breadth of work that you have. Taker's is just just outpaces Bundy so much that it'd be hard for me to give Bundy the nod. I mean, I'd like to give Bundy the nod. I, I, Unique I mean, look, every, the five count guy, I think every guy on this list has their merits, and a lot yeah. of merits because they're on the list. Like I think all of these guys are outstanding in their own way, but we're we're picking one over the other, and unfortunately, someone's got to lose. Yeah, it. This is. I just I can't give it to Bundy here. Um, I'd like to, but but I can't do it. Okay, so we're gonna move Undertaker on to the quarterfinals. Up next, oh, this is going to be a tough one. We have, no, actually, this will be easy, but there's a lot of merits to both guys. Big Bubba Rogers, a.k.a. Ray Trailer versus John Tenna, a.k.a. Earthquake. So why don't oh, we start wow. with Big Bubba Rogers, who... Um, is is a super underrated worker. I love his stuff. Well, his match with Kenna Kabashi in All Japan, his um, his his series of matches with Vader in WCW. There's a Rumble match he had with I think the Barbarian that's really good, and um, his stuff with Kurt Henning in WWF, his stuff with Hogan in WWF. Um, yeah, he's just really good. <laughs> Having a career renaissance uh, for the Attitude Era, like remaking the Big Boss Man as opposed to being a lawman to being, you know, a, a basically that, a hired gun. Mm-hmm. Just uh, and then also murderer of Pepper and dragging Big Show's <laughs> father down the street with Big yeah. Show attached to it. Yeah, just a just a remorseless, um, just a remorseless jackass, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I I'm gonna have to say like, okay, John Tenna is I think underrated. Like some of his stuff in All Japan's really good. I liked his feud with Hogan a lot. Um. There was another feud I liked, and I can't remember what it is now because I forgot. I hope you weren't thinking of the Dungeon of Doom feud. No, I wasn't. Um, the, like, uh, the Natural Disasters were an okay tag team. He was obviously the best worker of the two. Right. Um, 
I thought he was a good like upper mid card heel for WWF in general. Mm-hmm. Um, now I will say I don't think he ever got the opportunities to show how good of a, how good he was as a worker. I don't think he did either. Um, he does have my favorite like train wreck match with that. Uh, I can't think of his name now. The SWS match where he and that guy get into it. Wasn't it a Koji Katow? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. He's all shooty on them, and he's yelling at the guy. This is wrestling. Mm-hmm. And isn't the guy like shouting at the crowd? They're not like they're not. We're not really. Or like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was some subtext because they were both like sumos, and he wasn't wanting to cooperate because I think um, I think Tenta was like a lower level sumo. And that's kind of where some of that problem came from. I read about what the 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 issue was way back when, but I think that's what it was. Okay. It was some it was some pissing match over there, like sumo status. Because Tenta was like a legitimate sumo. Right. Right. I knew I knew that Tenta was like legit in sumo, and uh, one of the things that blows my mind. Because for the longest time, I you know I just I just thought of sumo as like yeah it's some cultural Japanese thing yada yada you know you know big fat dudes slam into each other and then I got to watching it and I realized just how much force those guys are hitting each other with and just how painful that has to be because there's no way that the impact that they're doing you there's a lot that goes into that that's there's a lot of skill in that too yeah. Um, I'm looking at this and it's given, um, like I like John Tenta. I like John Tenta quite a bit. Uh, but this is one where I just look at it and I go, I, I gotta say Ray trailer. Yeah. That's kind of where I have to go with it. Like he got a bicycle. Well, and also the thing you have to look at. It with Ray Trailer is, I think he's the highest drawing opponent Hulk Hogan ever had. Really, really. Yeah. Hmm. That. Really. <laughs> yep, I think that's. But I think they did a longer program than some other people. But like over the course of their, their working together, they were. Um, that's who he drew the most money with at the end of the day. Huh. Okay. I, for some reason, that just, that just shocks me, uh, I guess. I I never, I never would have considered that to be that answer. That's because they were never on a WrestleMania together. Okay, that's a fair point. Because you don't, like, you don't think about that they, they worked programs, like, between that and everything. Okay. um... Matt, are you going Big Bubba too? I actually am. Um, I actually agonized over this because I think Tenta is like underrated um, and was actually a really good big man, a good Haas. But I, I'm kind of looking at the entire span of um, Ray Trailer's career, and he did kind of reinvent himself several times and actually really improved mm-hmm. as a worker. So... I gotta go with him. I think he had a, he had he had a longer career, 
with good matches with a lot of people. Um, so I didn't have to give him the edge. There was a time, like in the early '90s, like I they didn't they never put the Intercontinental title on him, but I thought they would because when he turned babyface, he got really really over in oh, early '90s. Yeah, yeah, early '90s WWF. Um, and then he moved to WCW and had good matches. He had better matches than you than he kind of even had any business having mm-hmm. with Vader. Um, and then they they kind of like lost the plot with him, and he was just putzing around in Dungeons they, and Dungeons. But then, yeah, the, they, like you said, the spent, Attitude Era was like another reinvent like reinvention, and he did really good work there too. Mm-hmm. He spent so much time. <clears throat> they spent so much time in uh, in WCW trying to play off of his previous gimmick that they kind of lost the forest for the trees, I think. Well, the Guardian Angel was really crappy. Yeah, the Guardian Angel and the (laughs) boss, and like, they kept trying to do it, and it not working. Yeah. I also think his um, WWF music from, like, the early 90s is underrated one of the better wrestling themes ever. I, I would need to go hunt that one up because I don't remember uh, it very well. I could, I, I would try and pull up on my phone, but I always get an ad for the podcast. I don't worry about it. So then we're gonna we're gonna finish off round one. I think this one's gonna be a quick one. It is A Train Albert Giant Bernard versus Dusty Rhodes. You I might have a hard time putting A Train over Dusty for anything. No. So what I'm going to do here, because I think we're all going to pick Dusty, I'm just going to say, look up uh, Giant Bernard's like New Japan work and his tag team stuff with Carl Anderson, and I think you will be pleasantly surprised if you're just thinking about the guy that worked in WWF. Interesting point about, um, or at least I think it's an interesting point about uh, A-Train is... He had a series of spectacular matches with Kane in a time where no one thought the two of them would work all that well together. Yeah, but those guys killed it. They they had a flipping spot where A Train like like shoots him off and then like is going to go shove Kane up to do, like, the flapjack spot where you push him up in the air and the guy, like, flails and then he lands on his stomach. He pushes Kane up and Kane throws a flipping drop kick. Yep. Yeah, that, that was this, like, as I remember, the internet wrestling community as a whole was absolutely polaxed with how good the matches those two had together were. You know, it's kind of surprising, too, that, um, he lasted in WWE as long as he did with how stupid his initial gimmick was. Do you guys remember what he debuted Oh, that he was Harry? No, no, he had a specific gimmick. Like, he was Draws' tattoo guy. Oh. He was, was, wasn't he Prince Albert? Yeah, he was Prince Albert. And he was Draws' like, like, tattoo and like, piercing guy. Yeah, no, I, I do remember now that you mentioned that. Because he used to have the he used to have that briefcase, which was, which was like his like kit and all that stuff. <laughs> right. What were you gonna say, Matt? Uh, this is gonna shock you. I actually would pick Giant Bernard over Dusty, that, but that's only because as great of a as, as a 
well, honestly, is a just a legendary worker that Dusty was the whole entire package. I don't really think of him as like a Haas. Like that's just I don't know. That's not where my mind what, goes. What would him. you qualify him as? I don't know. I don't know how I would quantify him. Because um, you might bring me around with this. Um, what would you What would you call Dusty if we're not going to call him a Haas? Uh, I don't really know how to dis- define what his style is. I just don't think to me, like personally, like uh, to me, a Haas, like it's it's more just like a big a big dude, which Dusty was, but it's like a big dude who uses his size and strength almost like as a power as a power worker. Although obviously it's not, you, you don't have to just be a power worker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel Dusty ever really did that. I mean, he was more. He's a brawler, though. He was he was a brawler. Well, like, you think even like earlier in his career when he was teaming with like Dick Murdoch, they were a couple of like ass kicking hosses. Mm, well, maybe. okay, Steve Austin was a brawler, but we wouldn't be calling him a hoss. No, because he'd be too small. Right, but um, you know. Matt, you you may bring me around on this because the more I think about it, like obviously out of hand, I'm like you want me to put A Train over Dusty, but with what I I feel like it would be inconsistent with what I was saying earlier about, like with what I was saying about um, Brody over Wyndham is, um, we're looking at at a guy who you know A Train was like the the late late 90s, early 2000s, kind of like his gimmick is that he's on a hoss. His gimmick is that he's a hoss on the roster guy versus Dusty. You know what, Matt? You won me over. Oh, wow. Because I'm going to go with A-Train, too. I just... Okay. So A-Train A Train wins on pure hoss factor because... We- yeah. <laughs> So I, I'm still gonna keep with Dusty, but we're 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 pushing A Train through on the fact that there is consideration that Dusty does not qualify as a hoss. So there's a, there's pushing... a lot of question of Dusty Dusty's hossness here. So yeah, the the hoss factor I think is winning out. Okay, so here is our quarterfinals that we're gonna hit up next. We have Brock Lesnar versus Doctor Death, Steve Williams. Bruiser Brody vs. Stan Hansen, Vader vs. Undertaker, and Big Bubba Rogers vs. A-Train. Okay, are we starting from the bottom or the top? Let's start from the bottom. So A-Train vs. Ray Trailer? Yep. I'm going to go Ray Trailer just because what we said before, he is like... I think there's, I think there's a legitimate, like... Ooh, five or six year period where he was a top-ish worker in the United States and top of the card guy with two companies. Yeah. This is one where um, it's Rogers looking versus, at... I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead. Rogers versus uh, Giant Bernard? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at this and I'm... Okay, so they both got the Haas factor. Um, they both, you know, well, 
A train. I'm not as familiar with his his giant Bernard stuff, but um, I think that trailers a better Haas. Not only like aside from what you said, but from the the sheer agility that he could move with. You know, the story about the the first thing that caught Dusty's attention about him was taking the the slingshot suplex from Tully Blanchard, I think. Yep. And so Trailer was not is not only was not only a very successful hoss, but the fact that he was able to move so well in a way that belied his size, that belied his very hossness, I oddly enough I think makes him a better hoss. What do you think, Matt? Yeah. Um I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Bubba. Okay, so we're pushing him through. I just had a, I had a, I, I had a question. Oh, go ahead, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like I'm like cutting everyone off tonight. Um, oh no, it's it's okay. I do it. I do it a lot of weeks. Sometimes like you wait for that pause and you think you got it, and then like that, you start talking, I, and then the next word comes out, and you're like, ah, damn it. Sorry, I was just, I was just sitting here pondering what you had said like a minute ago, and the more I think about it, the more I think you're actually right, and I kind of, I. We obviously we, we if we look back at people's careers like we, we think of guys we consider like you know le- like legendary people like Dusty um, or even like someone like like Doctor Death I would think of his body of work more and less about like Ray Trailer Bubba Rogers Boss Man but you were right like there was a time period like probably like the mid like mid nineties like early to mid nineties when he was really a really great worker. And I kind of have, I kind of forgot how good he was. Like there was a time he was like red hot. He was putting on really good matches in the WWF. And then he moved to WCW and had great matches there too. So it, it's a, uh, I kind of forgot that he was like so good. So kind of he's kind of getting more love uh, in this tournament. I feel. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was gonna say so. Um, just as a side question before we go on to the next match. So, would you guys qualify Mick Foley as a Haas or just Cactus Jack as a Haas? He would, for me, he would fall into that brawler um, setting yeah, again. I agree. I would probably not. I would not consider him as a Haas. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, he is. It's not based on size factor because. I have stood next to Mick Foley and Vader standing next to each other. They're the same height. Granted, this was after they'd hung it up, but they're they're just so different in what they did and how they worked and all that sort of thing that Foley was kind of his own animal. Even Cactus was his own animal, that sort of stuff. So I, I, I like I, I take your point, and I even kind of agree with it, but I still say that he he wasn't a hoss. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> shut up. Okay, so we have I, this next one's going to be really tough. So we have Vader versus Undertaker. So I have reasoning, and it's going to be to pick Vader, but I'm going to let one of you guys go first. Uh, I also would take Vader. 
uh, I mean, I'm using I'm using previous case precedent in Haas factor. Yeah, I mean, I would just <laughs> I'd overall put Vader as just like he has more of the Haas factor than Taker. I, that's just a, the way it is for me. Like, I mean, not that I don't think Taker has been hampered like by the gimmick, but I don't. Know, I feel like the style the style was a little more Haas centered for Vader than it was for Taker. Um. I don't know. I, I, that's just how I feel. Like Vader Taker, was just like one of the best Taker, big men, arguably yeah. the best big man of all time. Taker had a very gimmick influenced work style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a long time, and then they finally like yeah. started breaking that down. But I'm I'm I, we're gonna we're gonna do this again, and and long time listeners are gonna could have called this, but and it's also gonna be boring. But I'm gonna pick Vader two. But I'm gonna throw this other wrinkle in. In um, we gotta like I said, Vader's more of a Haas. Taker was working as more of a like because there weren't a whole lot of giants in the period of his heyday. Put him against Giant Gonzalez, (laughs) right? Sure, but um. When you're comparing the success, you're going to be comparing the success. Taker's success came from a company where he was very, very protected. And I'm not saying that he didn't pick up the ball and run with it, because he absolutely did. But he was very protected in that gimmick as well. And as opposed to Vader, you know... Vader had to, you know, earn his keep in Japan and, you know, worked really hard in WCW and all that. Uh, And when we're comparing success, I feel like context matters. And we're not, you know, it's, it's, it's not apples to apples like it could be. So I'm in this play. I'm, I'm going to say Vader too. I'm just, again, being very long-winded about agreeing with you. I would say Vader's... Like, the higher-end Vader work is better. And I'm I'm sitting here, I was, like, running the Sting-Vader matches through my head and thinking... And it, but, see, because of, like, the way I thought of this, I was kind of wondering if Sting could outside classify as a Haas. I, would, I don't think he has great Haas factor, but I think Sting is bigger and a little more Haas-like than we would, than people like classify him as for at first. I would put him on the outer edge of Haasness, but I do take your point. But the Sting Vader matches, I think, are some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really good. They're really good. So then we move on to the next one and another difficult matchup in Bruiser Brody versus Stan Hansen. As Gorilla Monsoon would say, main event in any arena around the country. This is this is almost more worthy of the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, God. 
This is a really tough one. I believe they tag teamed in All Japan for a while. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, I'll, I'll break it I'll off put here my, and say... I'll, 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 break, I'll break the streak of sitting here and going last, and okay, I'll throw mine out there, and I'm, I'm going to say Hanson over Brody. I agree with that. Um, that's that's going to be my. It, I'm I'm gonna. I, I got We've talked about it already a bit, but Brody. I think Hanson is more of a hoss, while Brody is more brawl. Even though they're both a mix of the two. Hanson's just so good in the ring, though. It's just hard to pick against him. He's just so. On one hand, it's so good to watch, and then on the other hand, it just makes you shudder because, good God, he, he's just hammering people. That's because he, the, the the thing I think is funny when people ask about like why he was so stiff, they're like, oh, you know he couldn't see. like He was blind as a bat, right? And it always makes me laugh that he's just wailing on these guys because that's the only, he can't see well enough to make it look good. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's kind of like, look, Stan, once you got one hand on the guy, you could do it with the other hand without having to kill him. <laughs> you know, you could you could just work those points. You got to hold them with one hand. You got to measure of them with the other. You don't have to kill the guy. But, you know, the, the thing with the Lariat, though, and, and Bradshaw never got it right, is just that head of steam he gets when he's coming for it. You know, I got to give Bradshaw credit. His Lariat was really good it wasn't a, it wasn't a hansen lariat though it, no it no it wasn't that's true but um he had a you know he had a really good lariat but then on the other hand it wasn't hansen's lariat so you're you're like right hansen just hansen just came like what did you say like a truck like a tr- like a yeah um a freight train. Yeah, that's just the like that's what it felt like when he was coming at someone and that lariat was about to about to give them a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt, what are, what are, what are you gonna go with here? <clears throat> I too will go with Hanson. <laughs> uh, Hanson was just too good. I mean, this is like a this this is like a really stellar matchup here. Because um, against almost anyone else in this, um, maybe against like Vader, like Brody, I feel would to me would have like the edge. But against a guy like Hanson, like no, I, I feel Hanson was just too good and kind of too exemplary of of being a hoss. So he he would get the the win for me. He's too hossy. He's too hossy. He's too much. You can't contain hoss of this magnitude. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. That was my dog. There's like I don't know about you guys listening, you folks listening at home. It might seem like we're we're just um you know, this is this is just going we're we're moving through this too quick, but god, I'm I'm grinding gears trying to get to my answers. Yeah, I know, same. Because it's a, you don't want to take forever on a couple and then it be a three hour podcast. Yeah, but man. Okay, so we have our final quarterfinal, which is Brock Lesnar and Doctor Death Steve Williams. 
I... You know what? I'm gonna be the guy, and I'm I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Steve Williams on this one. Not Steve Williams. I'm gonna say against Steve Williams on this one. I'm gonna say Brock. Interesting. I was actually gonna say I've really been mulling this one ever since we've been going through all these because it's it is a tough one, and I know I know someone listening is gonna want to say I'm full of it, but I would actually pick Dr. Death. Okay. Matt, you're our deciding vote. <laughs> Honestly, I would go with Dr. Death as well. Okay. Um, I just feel he... He just... He's so... He's very different from, from Brock. I don't... I don't know why. I feel maybe like because Lesnar has also been presented as like a legit sports... Um, athlete, and they kind of have they. Well, they they played at the the MMA a little more when he first came back, but now he is kind of just presented as like a monster. It is like it is kind of very Haas um, presentation and how he's booked. But I don't know. Like Doctor Death to me was like when I think of a Haas, like there's a few guys, and and Steve Williams is kind of like <clears throat> who I would think of. Yeah, you broke my streak. Sorry. I've been on the right side of everything up until this one. Jim Ross is rock hard right now. <laughs> I think he would have been from the beginning of this discussion. He's just... I did a, I did a fantasy promotion for a while. It was I think it was JR's House of Barbecue Sauce and Hoss Fights. Uh, I, I thought you were going to call it JR's uh, Hoss Sauce. But no, that's a little gross. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But um, I I just think with Doctor Williams, Doctor Death is um. Is that so um? I picked him over. Is that kind of like waffles and tire irons? Yes. <laughs> These aren't. This is not um. Gluten free though, and organic um. Organic ingredients. So what I I think though, like I said, I think he wins on the Haas factor, but he also had like a really storied career in all Japan that I don't think a lot of people appreciate. And if you weren't around in the nineties, like all Japan was like I don't know the word I want for it. It was like it was like the it was like if you were back in the day looking for the fountain of youth or like some mystical treasure that was kind of like what all japan was in the 90s okay so we are down to the semi-finals mm-hmm. we have dr death steve williams or stan hansen and vader versus big bubba rogers which would have actually been real programs in the 90s Okay, so which first. one are we doing first? Um, let's do Dr. Death versus the Lariat Stan Hansen. Alright, I'll go ahead and do my snap judgment, and then I'm going to reflect and think about why. But I'm, I'm giving it to, to Hansen. 
now now I'm going to sit here and think about why am I giving it to Hanson so that I can art- try and articulate it well. So, um, for me, I could see giving it to either guy, and I would not hate myself. But I honestly think, I honestly think at this point I got to ride Stan Hansen to the end because he really is just that good. Though Doctor Death gets, um, Doctor Death gets a lot of credit for being, as Matt called him, the quintessential Haas. Matt, I'm sorry if we crushed your dreams here. You know what? I would go. I would go with. Um, I would go with Stan Hansen. Okay. We I, didn't peer pressure you into it, did we? No, because. It, it's just he's so damn good. Like, yeah, you kind of for those if you haven't seen enough of his work, like you really need to because it's uh, comparing him like Doctor Death was so good too. Um, but in terms of like if we've again we're dealing with the criteria of Haas, like I would put Stan Hansen. There's a. Um... There's, it, I just remembered this. I meant to bring it up earlier, and I completely forgot. There is a, it, it, it's it's related to Hanson in a very tangential way. Is that um, there was a, a program that was going on in WCW in the early mid '90s, where there were these guys who were looking for Stan Hanson, and I I can't remember if it had like the. Uh, like the the masked blackjack or, or like black Bart or something like that, but in the course of it, he utters one of the the best promo lines I've ever heard, and I don't know if it's because it's funny or if it's because it's awesome. But they're 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 talking about they're going to be having the match with some guy, and it's supposed to be I don't know if it's Luger or Hercules or whoever. He's like, yeah, you talk about how big, big and strong you are. You think you're strong? <clears throat> he spits on the ground and goes, pick that up. And I was just, just that one line stuck in my head. Because that's an amazing line, but I'm not sure why it's amazing yet. If if we're talking about Hanson the Worker, like where I would place him in like my all-time list, you're talking about... You're talking about... He wouldn't be above these guys, but, like, his name would be in the company of, like, the Ric Flairs, the Nick Bockwinkles, the Mizawas, the Sarudas. Like, he'd be... He's in... He's below that caliber of guy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you're below that caliber of guy, you're... You're pretty damn good. You're doing pretty damn good to be sitting that high up. Yeah. Okay, so the other side of our semifinals, we have Vader versus Big Bubba Rogers. I'll, I'll just go. go for I'll go for this one first. Uh, Bubba made it pretty far. He made it pretty deep into this tournament, but it stops here. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry, but like Ray Trailer is not gonna not gonna out Haas Vader. <laughs> no, no one does. Out of you know, out of um, if you were to go back and look at the beginning on this, you'd be like, eh, you know, who's 
who is who would be your Cinderella pick? You know, since we don't get to have the NCAA tournament this year, who'd be your Cinderella pick? I think that I would have looked at it and probably called Ray Trailer as the Cinderella to go far. Um, but the Cinderella run stops when he hits Vader. He just just can't just can't overcome just the force that that was Vader. A guy that could do moonsaults. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were even talking, I was even talking earlier about just how agile, um, you know, uh, trailer could be and, and how that was a selling point. But on the other hand, it's flipping Vader, you know? Do you, I can't... It's, it's Vader, right? Like, one of yeah. one of the hossiest hosses who ever hossed a hoss. Yeah. I have one more question before we hit our final, because she just popped into my mind, and I was actually thinking if I had put her in here, I might have actually given her a win. Would you guys classify Awesome Kong as a hoss? Oh, I probably would, actually. I'm not sure if I'd call her a hoss or a monster. She's more... I think I'd call her a hoss. I feel she's excellent. There's, that's not in question. It's just for me. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a category, category thing. Mm, I think I'd call her a hoss, honestly. I think I probably would. I'd probably give it to her. Yeah, I'd probably give her a win on this too if I had placed her certain places. Oh yeah, well oh, I mean, I would take if, Austin oh, she's, Kong over Giant Bernard probably. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's and she's good. I mean, oh man, like when she was when they were doing that TNA Impact, that TNA Knockouts division, there was like a two year period where she was just off the charts. It would be people that I would put Kong over on this list. Um. I would put Kong as a hoss over One Man Gang, over Bernard, uh, probably over Yoko, because, again, Yoko seems to trend more towards the the uh, monster attraction setting than the hoss setting. And then, blasphemous as it might be, I'd have it as a coin flip between her and Dusty. You know, I was looking at this list, too, just because we were talking about Awesome Kong. I honestly think if, if I had put Azure Kong on this list, I would have put her over all but about the top six guys. I don't know enough about her to be able to make a call on it, so... Oh, she is good. Yeah, we, we, if we ever do Joshi, we're going to have to... Oh, uh, we should do we're gonna Joshi. Have to get, I know yeah, how good her reputation is, but I'm, I'm recusing myself just because I don't feel like I have enough knowledge to give a qualified opinion. She's good. She's really good. Yeah. Like, she is... She is... She kind of is in that lagger category of a legend among legends. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Uh, not necessarily a surprising final, but a tough decision. We have 
Stan Hansen versus Vader for the King of the Haas Fight Club. This is a kind of this is a kind of match you could call it's it's an eye popping spectacle, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so this is really damn. Exciting. You were ready for that joke, weren't you? You yes, were you I were was. ahead of that. Damn. <laughs> I. I honestly think I would almost have to flip a coin to decide on this one. <clears throat> this is like two of your children, and you can only save one. I don't like that uh, thought exercise because my answer is whoever's putting me up to it, I'm going to kill them with my bare hands so I don't have to pick between them. Uh, which one has the, the best shot at a pro athlete career is the one you save? Uh, no, can't do it. Anyway, um, oh god, I'm gonna sit here and look at this. Oh man. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna be controversial with this, um, because it is not my first instinct, but I'm gonna just do it because I want to. I'm gonna pick Vader. Interesting. I don't like in in all honesty, um. I would say Hansen's probably a slightly better worker, slightly better body of work, um, better, slightly better, just slightly better on, I think, all of the, all of those things you would tick off for this, but I'm going to pick Vader. I am going to pick Hansen, and I'm going to pick him specifically for the reasons you said, because he has slightly better body of work, slightly better worker. Um, Slightly better uh, mystique, yeah, I would say. Yeah, although, I mean, good lord. It, uh, the comparison, it's like, slightly better. And it's true. Like, he, like, Vader was just that good, too. So, when we get this deep in the tournament, we you have to be splitting hairs. Yeah, this is, this is basically a coin flip. I mean, I'm giving Hanson the edge over Vader, but uh, there's no... I don't feel either one is a wrong answer if people were to pick one or the yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chad, Chad, you are going to be the the tiebreaker on this one. I know. Yeah. So you get to be you get to be wrong whichever one you go with. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I can tell you, uh, as you guys have been talking, I'm I'm probably going to return to something I said before that's going to sound kind of tired at this point. But I am, when I'm considering this, I have to think about who fits Haas more as opposed to fitting something else more. And Vader was such a monster kind of heel for, you know, that, that's that's how I'm more familiar with Vader even. You know, he's a great Haas, do not get me wrong, but... The monster Vader, you know, I fear no man, I feel no pain. That, as opposed to Stan Hansen, I will spit backer in your eye and fight you with everything I've still got. I got to give it to Hansen just for the sheer hossness of Stan Hansen. Yeah. 
so all the hate mail is going to come to me now. But, uh, yeah, that's, yes, that's where I fall yes, on Yes, I it. was sitting on that soundbite for an hour. Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, that's where I fall on it, is that, um, God, I just, I gotta give it to Hanson. I think I think this tournament was I, when I when I put this together I I figured there was a ninety five percent chance that Stan Hansen was going to win. Well, you knew who you were dealing with coming in, um, but it's yeah yeah I think Stan Hansen's the hossiest hoss who ever hossed a hoss. He is, <laughs> and. Uh, that's that's what I gotta go with. I like this. We should do this for like cruiserweights down the yeah. It's it's down the road. It's it's fun to 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 debate the merits of of people who who fit in a particular niche. Um, do we have any like honorable Haas mentions that that didn't make the that didn't make the list any others you know because well i i left off hulk hogan because i think he would fit but i thought he was kind of an elephant in the room and he would be hard to pick against because you know he is hulk hogan you know i think that i would be picking hansen over hogan any uh i picked pick hansen over hogan but hogan probably would have gotten pretty deep into the tournament yeah yeah that's um so you're right he Abdullah, is kind of like a ringer yeah, he is. Abdullah the Butcher was on here at one point, but he came off for uh, Big Bubba Rogers. I think that was a good call because, again, I would say that Abdullah falls more into the monster than the than the the Haas category. Uh, Blackjack Mulligan. Okay. Um, I had some other ones on here that I had been kicking around. Um. You know, guys like Ox Baker, but he's more of a monster. Um, you know, uh, Typhoon slash Tugboat. Slash the Shockmaster! Yes. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, who I think actually I probably should have put on here uh, yeah. instead of Yoko. Or even up in, above, like, Giant Bernard. Yeah. Um, Adam Bomb, I think. Well, what, Brian Clark. Brian, oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I would I think, totally have him in there. I don't know how deep he would go, but I would totally have him on the list. I think um I think depending, I think some people would have I think we would have to debate the merits of if he's a hoss or not, but I think you could justify Kevin Sullivan as being big enough. Um Dan Spivey wouldn't have gone anywhere. Um Whatever you think of Sid, I don't know if we'd make him a hoss or not. Sid, to me, always seemed to be more of a giant than a hoss. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, really, I think Bam Bam is the biggest honorable mention that we probably didn't put on here. Yeah, it's... And and Bam Bam was interesting because he had um, he he kind of had a lot of the same stuff that uh, Ray Trailer had going was a lot of the agility and the 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 menace in his size and things like that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I guess you know, masked superstar like um, Bill Eady, 
slash demolition axe. I think um, you know Nikita Koloff could probably have been a Haas, and then you know even like Crusher Khrushchev, aka Barry Darso. Yeah. You know a lot of guys. Nikita like is Nikita is an interesting thought. Um, I don't. I don't think he would have made it real deep, but I, I think he would. He would be, you know, his inclusion would be merited. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, junkyard dog, you could probably even call a hoss. Butch Reed. Mm. Uh, I would say junkyard dog would have more. I would. I would. No, Butch Reed would be a hoss, but I think. I think junkyard dog would have the have the standing to move on. I think you could I think you could count Ron Simmons. Mm. Mm, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, not having Ron Simmons I think might that might qualify as an oversight. I, I I left him off because he um I didn't think he would progress. Okay. Um it's it, it I think his progression would depend on on his draw. Who yeah, who did he end up matched up against? I think he could have beaten like John Tenna, maybe A Train, maybe One Man Gang, and maybe Barry Windham. I would in a Haas fight. I would be more like oh god, that's that's yeah, that's mm, that's a good point. Uh, I'd put him over Gang. I'd put... Probably put him over... He just... I, he had longer and more consistent success, I think, than, than um, Tenta did. Uh, I'd, pro- I'd put him over A-Train for the same reason. And he, like... I know I mentioned Sting earlier in the, like, hey, could I... Could we justify Sting as a Haas? Like I think I think Ron Simmons would be that same prototype of wrestler, but he actually qualifies as a Haas. I th- I think Simmons is more of a like the 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 difference between Simmons and Sting is Simmons was much more of a powerhouse. So I find him more comfortably fitting into the Haas role more comfortably yeah. fit there than Sting does, but that does, for some odd reason, bring to mind two others that I think could have fit, and that's the Barbarian and Ming. Oh, yeah, I would I would count that. And then we might have a, turna- uh, a tournament that Ming doesn't actually win. <laughs> I think I would be... I would also think I'd be comfortable putting Lex Luger as a Haas. <laughs> See, Luger's interesting because, at least to me, at least to me, Luger doesn't doesn't exactly fit as a Haas. Luger fits; he's a powerhouse, but I don't know that to me he he fits as a Haas exactly. It it I, I'm I'm searching for a way to to define this better but i'm i'm coming up short for the moment just a little just a little off from what you would think of as a yeah host. yeah he doesn't he doesn't quite fit okay i've got i've got one for you because i think he i think he tiptoes around this well there's two guys one guy's a little too small but i think he 
He exemplifies the Haas in character, which would be Bob Orton Jr. That's an interesting point. I, I would agree with the size, but you're right. Like, he kind of, his style was kind of like the Haas style. Yeah, which I, and I think to go with that, Dick Murdoch would be a, would be a Haas. But also, and this is the one I really think tiptoes around it because I don't know if I'd place him there, but I also think he wouldn't be out of place. But Harley Race. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't quite know like Haas, but he was definitely like just a badass roughneck. Yeah. Oh, and um, he was he was on my short list, but got cut. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was kicked around by me for this for a little bit. Golly. Yeah, Hacksaw would... I'd qualify him as a hoss. I absolutely would. The thing is, I don't know how deep he would have made it. He's another one who it just kind of depends on who he'd get matched up with. I, mean, uh, I, I think he'd be hard-pressed. And then I would say I would combine them together, but and that's why they didn't make it, but the Road Warriors as a, mm. as a unit... Yeah, yeah. They, the Road Warriors and the Steiners are what I would call the Haas tag teams. But like, uh, like Scott, Rick, and Scott are more powerhouse to me than Haas. God, that's it's, it's so it's like weird for me to say that, but it that's. That's the best way I can articulate it. It it sound even to me it almost sounds like it doesn't make sense. And I mean, I don't think he would have gone anywhere and I I did think of him, but I didn't put him on the list, but uh, JBL would be a hoss. He would, but I wouldn't take him anywhere cuz his I, I don't feel like that his his peak wasn't very long and he's it wasn't, a long time. And it wasn't very hossish. Like, he was bigger than a lot of the people he went up against. And I think I think where he I think where he falls off, and I'm going to use him because it's a, a tag long term tag team partner. But there is nothing I would pick JBL for that I wouldn't. There's nothing I would pick him o- over Ron Simmons for. That's true. Mm-hmm. Everything JBL could do as a Haas was was done better by somebody else. Yeah, that's uh, you know what that's that's a very good point. So he wouldn't go into he'd go to the NIT because he didn't bring anything new to the table. Yeah. So okay, yeah, I, I completely agree with that point. Obviously, I do. I said it out loud. What am I doing here? But yeah, that's, that's, I think, some of our honorable mentions. I actually, like I said, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a fun little thought exercise with um, some tournament implications because who doesn't love tournaments? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and heck, Matt even brought me around and got me to change my vote. So that's that's a fun wrinkle, too. Yeah. So I think, um, so I just wanted to, I wanted to do a couple of announcements for the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we're probably going to do it late April, early May, but we're going to start the four corners podcast book club. This is not going to be a monthly thing. It is not going to be something that we might even do quarterly, but it's going to pop up here and there. Um, 
we're giving you a heads up because we are going to be reading Kingdom Come and reviewing it on the show. Mm-hmm. So uh, check that out. And then next week is our 100th episode, and we're going to be doing Nitro number 100 for that one. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for next week. That is going to be our 100th episode celebration. All right. It's, it's both wild and then makes total sense that we're we're at 100 episodes, doesn't it? At least it feels like it's me. been shorter than that, yet it doesn't. Yeah, that's 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 what I was thinking. Is it's like it it both does and doesn't make sense. But um, well, it's been nice for the quarantine to have something <laughs> to do that something that's not just quarantine related. Um, so everybody, first of all, thank you for being with us. Like we said, next week's going to be the hundredth episode. But as for tonight. Do you agree with our uh, our Haas brackets? Do you agree with who's the Haasiest Haas, whoever Haas to Haas, or do you disagree with us? Maybe you agree with the final outcome, but somewhere along the way you disagree with us? Or there is a niche that you would like to see us uh, tackle in the future. Please hit us up on social media and let us know. You know, cruiserweights, brawlers, the all-arounders, whatever. Please hit us up and let us know. We would love to hear from you. Or if you want us to review Joshi, uh, we can do that too. Good. Now is a good time to do it because we are trapped in our houses, so we do have a little more time to peruse <laughs> video content. It is, it is a strange time all around. Yes, I leave my house once a week right now. It yeah, is- yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm getting ready to start uh, teaching my classes remotely, and it's going to be a it's going to be a weird experience for me. But all right, so we would love to hear from you guys. Please hit us up on social media. Let us know what you would like to hear. And so this is Shad here with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we will see you next time. <laughs>